Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. We're back. My name is Lynn S. Evans, and I am the president and CEO of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm in Clark Summit. I'm also the author of a book called Power of the Purse, Fear-Free Finances for Baby Boomer Women, available on Amazon.com. And I am here today doing a solo act. One half of the Laurie and Lynn show is not with us. I I'll bet you can guess which one. And she is off on a wonderful vacation with the lovely Meyer, and I hope they're having a great time. So today I wanted to talk about a couple things that I think are specific to baby boomer women, because it seems to me that since I wrote the book about it, we need to talk a little bit more about who are baby boomer women's women, what are their habits, their buying power, types of things they do, the types of things they need. So the first thing I wanted to talk about were baby boomer women and e-commerce. I'm sure most of you understand what I mean by e-commerce, but that's buying things online. A simple way to say it. Women over the age of 50 have a combined net worth of $19 trillion. They're becoming super consumers. In addition to controlling household spending decisions, which Laurie would would corroborate with me because she says all the time that we're the biggest consumers, and we are, um, they're also likely to control their parents' purse strings too, which is a whole other um, layer of monies that women are spending online. Here are five things about baby boomer women. First of all, she's a digital diva. Over 30 million women 50 years and older are online. That's a lot of people, 30 million women. They account for 9% of all online users in the United States, and they're the fastest growing demographic. About 18% of them consider themselves digital divas who are completely comfortable with using the Internet. In fact, 22% of digital divas shop online at least once a day, and 92% of them pass along information about deals to others. I can vouch for that. I say that the number one way that I do any kind of shopping is because I get emails and other offers either on Facebook or through email, telling me about some special arrangements for this day only on places like Land's End, um, uh, Chico's, Soma, J. Jill, 
I can go on with the list. But they've got me on their mailing list, and I see it all the time. And there, there honestly are some good deals that I have been able to benefit from by the advertising that they've done on social media. Number two, she's an avid online shopper. Baby boomer women spend upwards of $20 billion, that's a B as in boy, each year on clothing alone. That statistic explains why the fastest growing segment of e-commerce is apparel and accessories with an average growth of 20% per year. Middle-aged adults make up the largest percentage of online shoppers, and this includes baby boomers. I don't know if you've noticed it, but it it just seems I have spent far less time going to stores over the last 10 years than I ever did. And I do all of my Christmas shopping online. Maybe there's one or two things I go looking for, but it is wonderful to have everything delivered to my house. I also noticed the byproduct of all of this is that I have huge amounts of boxes in my basement. And a very wonderful offer came to me this week from one of my neighbors who happened to see them when I was standing by my car in the garage and said, I have a box cutter that's raring to go here. Can I come over and splice up all those boxes and get it out to the uh, the curb for the garbage tomorrow? I said, please do. <laughs> so thanks to my friend Chuck Svatos who came in yesterday and took care of all those wonderful boxes. Number three, she outspends young adults. The average American boomer spent roughly $1,650 online annually on e-commerce. When looking at online spending on a per capita basis, boomers outspend younger adults two to one. And women over the age of 50 spent over $4 billion online, according to a Nielsen report. The average online purchase price for a woman is $51.84. So online retailers that have price points in the $50 range tend to be the most successful. I can vouch for that. The internet is the best way to reach her. The internet is an everyday part of Americans over the age of 50. It's the top source for information on topics of interest, outpacing TV and print media by a substantial margin. The number one reason for online activity is email which I just mentioned. Over 90% of Americans over the age of 50 prefer email over any other method of written communication. They've truly got my number on that one. She's social. Social networking is the second most common online activity among boomer women. It's more common for women over 50 than it is for men over 50. In fact, about three-quarters of adult women in the United States use Facebook, compared to two-thirds of the adult men. Those of us who are on Pinterest, we know that we outnumber men 33%. For Twitter, it's 18% women, 17% men, pretty even. And women are also more likely to use social media several times a day, outpacing men 30%. And women are more likely to interact with brands on social media as well. Some 53% of adult women access offers, da-da, that's me, on social media compared to 36% of men. So the key takeaway here is women over the age of 50 are becoming super consumers who control nearly 75% of the wealth in America. I would like to just 
take a moment to explain that. It may say that we control 75% of the wealth, but we actually, that's, a lot of that is in name only. Because one of the other interesting things, which is probably not anything new to most of us listening, is that women still outlive their husbands. So therefore, by default, in many cases, in joint property, women become the owners of a lot of property. And that's why we have 70% of the so-called wealth. But do we control it? Not really. They're the fastest growing demographic online. Other than email, they spend more time on social media than anywhere else online, with the majority of that time on Facebook. So interesting things to know about us. I think I already knew that, but it's interesting to see that uh, there's been some surveys done and it corroborates it. So yay for us. Let's go to another little conversation here about the baby boomer women facing retirement. Because as I just mentioned, most of us will, fortunately or unfortunately, depending how you look at it, will survive our spouses. So we have a an interesting set of problems that uh, men don't have. And it's probably worth talking about because we have, we have to account for this. And most of us don't. And many financial planners just assume that the planning that was done for the husband will also be appropriate for the wife. Not so. Here's the point. Women's planning requires more life planning than men for both health and economic reasons. So the women's plan must account for these differences. We live longer on average than men. So the risk of running out of money or outliving the money is much greater for women than men and must be put into that plan. A second example is that even while women are living longer, they do have additional health concerns later in life that cost money. One area of concern is the end of life long-term care that can be quite expensive. So women must plan for the health care cost shifting more so than men. Another example is that women experience widowhood more often than men and have to deal with the financial strain of the loss of a dual income and social security benefit more than men. That's one of the things I know I've talked about many times on this show that when people plan for retirement, they make the assumption that there are two social security checks. And if those two social security checks represent more than 50% of the income they anticipate, and then there's a death, that could have a serious, well, will have a serious impact on the financial planning that was done prior to that point. And so many people just don't even think about that. Uh, personal finances have gotten much more complicated in the last three decades. Uh, have baby boomer women been able to keep up with the changes? Many baby boomer women have left the financial picture up to their husbands or a significant other and may not be as familiar with these financial circumstances as they should be. Additionally, we're starting to see changes in Social Security and Medicare, which has not been the case for the last 40 years due to the sheer number of baby boomers moving onto these programs. On top of all this, the expansively large volatile swings we've seen in the market since the beginning of 2000 is creating a new normal and must be addressed in any planned retirement as volatility is the retirement income killer. 
Women have left these areas to their spouse or who have handled the finances but have not addressed these issues needed to discuss with them with a a qualified professional. And I can't stress that enough. The fact of the matter is that most people assume that if you just take 4% of the value of your investments every year, that number is going to be fine. Well, it isn't going to be fine if you happen to start doing that when the stock market is in a downswing. You will never make that up. So it's not okay just to assume that things will just continue to be as they are. If you're looking at what is it that I need to plan for in retirement as far as my income is concerned, then I think you need to look at a couple different ways of generating income other than just taking the money out of your retirement plans. That's a really important piece that people have to look at. Are there any tax saving techniques that work better for women? Taxes are gender neutral, but women have to plan around future taxes more than men simply because they live longer. Therefore, having all of a portfolio in pre-tax accounts, which we consider to be retirement accounts, will adversely affect women to a greater extent than men since we expect long-term tax rates to increase. And every time any planning is ever done and the sales pitch is made for why you should consider putting all of your money or a good good portion of your money into your 401k plans and IRA plans, it's on the assumption that when you retire, your tax bracket will be lower. That may have been so 30 or 40 years ago, but it's not the case now. And we all know that with the federal deficit being what it is, the federal government is going to continue to try to find ways to generate new tax revenue. And what you thought was going to be a low income tax environment when you retire ain't going to be that way. So you need to have a combination of both non-taxable, tax-deferred, and tax-free. What's the biggest estate planning mistake that you see baby boomer women make? And I think that's it. This is on the assumption that they will avoid the estate tax entirely. This is not the case because given what's happening, and I just mentioned it, there's going to be a downward bump in that amount of money that you're able to pass to your heirs without any estate taxes count on it it's going to happen and with that we're going to take a break here and we'll be back with marianne corey and the lonacana retreat house you're listening to the laurie and lynn show we'll be right back here's laurie and lynn good morning my name is lynn evans i'm the Uh, president of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm in Clark Summit. I'm also the author of a book called Power of the Purse, Fear-Free Finances for Baby Boomer Women. And I am doing a solo act today on the Laurie and Lynn Show because Miss Laurie is off on a wonderful vacation with her fabulous fiancé, Mr. Meyer. And, uh, and I'm hoping they have a wonderful time. I hope the weather's great because they, they're two people that really could use a good vacation. So today, yes. I am here 
with Marianne Corey, who is, um, I guess, tell me, are you the executive director? Is that what you would call yourself? Yes. Okay. Yes. Founder or whatever. All yes. those things. <laughs> Chief bottle washer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Marianne Corey, who is uh, involved with uh, the Portable Playhouse. And the Portable Playhouse has developed into something that is really uh, quite an event not event quite uh, a project bigger and better than just what she originally intended it to be and and there's kind of a uh, a move off to the side here where she's doing another project called the Lonacana retreat which is a really wonderful place that is in the phase of being um still a great idea in the sense that there's 64 acres of property that she would like to purchase and make it into a really wonderful place for women and children who are experiencing cancer. So Marianne, tell us first about how this came about. Where where did the idea for Lona Kana come from? Uh, well, thanks for having us again, Lynn. Sure. <laughs> um, well, actually it came, I was volunteering at a hospital a, can- a woman's cancer center in New Jersey, and I was explaining to her um, where I lived, um, you know, up in the Endless Mountains in, in Forest City, and it was so pretty, the whole area was so beautiful, and, uh, you know, the seasons are so nice, and as she w- and she was sitting there going through treatment, and I was making her um, some beautiful jewelry, and that's what we actually do in a bunch of hospitals up and down the East Coast, from Boston down to St. Jude's in Memphis. And we've been doing this now for 17 years. Um, anyway, it's a 17 years? You've been doing yes, it? We just, wow. <laughs> I can't we believe that. I know, it's great. We just celebrated 17 years in February. So, oh, my gosh. And yeah, it's great. It's lovely. It's because I have beautiful, beautiful and dedicated volunteers to help us. We go once a week all year round, and we make silver glass and crystal jewelry with the women and children going through treatment and recovery to kind of make their days a little brighter and to help distract them a little bit um, so they can feel a little bit more normal and uh, hopefully heal a little quicker. Um, anyway, so as I was talking, was, uh, we have a volunteer, you had a volunteer at our College of Simon Cancer Center in Morristown, New Jersey, and um, I was filling in for her, and I was telling the lady where I live, and she couldn't believe I drove for over two hours to come and volunteer, but it's just not really a problem. Yeah. Anyway, as I was explained to her, you know, it was just a lovely day making stuff for all the patients. And I was driving home and I started thinking, you know, wouldn't it be so pretty? We purchased an old historic building. It's about 118 years old on Main Street in Far City. And um, I said, wouldn't it be lovely to use, we had a third floor of our building was empty for like 60 years. And uh, it would, I said, it would be so nice to use it in the spirit of what we do, promote wellness. And uh, I talked to my husband and I said, how about <laughs> we have, <laughs> and you laugh, and every man is rolling his eyes right now. <laughs> we know how that uh, works, I, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, how about, what if we uh, used that, we did that space for women to come with their mothers and daughters and sisters and girlfriends, um, just like overnight on the weekends to kind of recharge and rejuvenate their spirits a little bit um, and make some nice memories. And we opened that on the third floor of our building about five years ago. And we and it sleeps five women right now. We It's currently open now. And it's free. Uh, we don't charge any of our guests to come and stay. Um, so we bake them a homemade cinnamon coffee cake, and they're, they're greeted with fresh flowers in their rooms and a list of events going on in, like, a 25-mile radius from here. And uh, anyway, so as the years have progressed, um, the things that we noticed, you know, first of all, 
the problem is that we're not handicap accessible. Our building is mm. so old. Um, in order to do that, would have to be uh, we tear down our whole building pretty much and yeah. <laughs> redo it. And it's just I don't want to lose the integrity of the building. It's full of charm, um, but we also know that we uh, children and families wanted to come, and it's not really set up for that. So my husband and I just were discussing our retirement quote quote, <laughs> and um, we decided that um, we would love to you know spend the rest of our lives doing service and continue this and expand Lonacana to for our guests. Um, so we looked, looking at properties, we found this beautiful piece of property in Waymark, Pennsylvania, um, a few miles from our current location. And we wanna build um, and expand and have a bigger place for the women to come. And then, uh, you know, open it up to, terminal children and their families because there's no place for them to go. Um, as people know, people that are uh, going through treatment and stuff, the cost is outrageous. And um, the families get so disconnected uh, when the child's sick because the mother has to focus on the baby who's ill and the siblings kind of get tossed aside and take on new roles in the family. And uh, the father tries to hold that all end together. So. We just wanted a place for them to come and uh, be able to spend a week. And we're going to do, we have portable petting zoo people to come that will give them pony rides. Um, we have the train in Homesdale that offered to give them, their families, free rides and stuff. And uh, we have friends and artists that play guitars. And we just wanted to do old-fashioned, you know, country things, I guess you could say, um, so that they can make some nice, loving and lasting memories before the children pass away but now <laughs> this, this this is something that does not at this moment exist right no we have uh right we um we put a down payment on a piece of property um in waymart like i said and we're in the process we have a gofundme page we need to raise uh the property costs four hundred and forty eight thousand, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the um, three cottages, we, we want to start the first phase of our project. Uh, each one is a prefab cottage, and uh, the two-bedroom, two-bathroom, uh, they'll all be handicap accessible, uh, which will be nice. It will sleep. Uh, each room, bedroom will have two queen-size beds and then a giant great room. Uh, so you can sleep four to eight people in each cottage if necessary. Uh, we'll be offering, um, you know, classes in art, um, yoga, um, pottery, I mean, all kinds of things just to kind of make, um, you know, the people so they can relax and just have fun and, and stuff. Or they can go out and do whatever they want to do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we, don't, we don't ever discuss their illness. That's not our business. Our business is to help them. Uh, you know, once you're diagnosed, as you know, people, you know, it's you talk, it's in your mind 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We just wanted a place where they can, you know, just get away for a little bit and kind of rest and recharge their batteries, so to speak. And, um, yeah, and each cottage, uh, we're looking, you know, right now for uh, some corporate sponsors to um, for your business, maybe, possibly, if you'd like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to sponsor a cottage. There are 120000 and that's complete from the foundation to completely furnished with beds and linens and couches and televisions and everything. Um, and so, if, you, if you had a corporate sponsor who wanted to do that, yeah. um, how would they get in touch with you? Well, they can go right to lonacana.org, 
L-O-N-A-K-A-N-A.org. And they can uh, reach me, and I'd be happy to meet with them and show them uh, we have a complete um, plan, a business plan, and prices that we got from building companies. Um, so, we, I mean, we're, you know, we're looking for those angel donors yeah. <laughs> to secure the property. We're going to probably put this, we will put this building up for sale is the minute we secure the property. And the cost that we get from this building will pay for one of the cottages too, okay. where we can use the money towards paying off the property, um, whatever comes first. Now, where are you going to yeah, live? Yeah, so, I'm sorry, again. Where, where are you going to live? <laughs> you get rid well, of We're going to live on the property. We're okay. going to actually manage the property. So my husband and I, uh, on the property now, there's a big barn, and half of the barn is actually a house inside it. Oh, perfect. <laughs> it's like a three-bedroom apartment. It's perfect. Um, yeah. You know, we don't need any more. We have six grown children and four grandchildren. They all live you know, on their own, they're all grown up, and half of them are married, half of them are not yet. And uh, so, yeah, so we're going to actually live, because I think it's the most effective, and I know I would feel more comfortable being able to manage the property myself um, and with the guests. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and so... Your page is GoFundMe.com, Lona Kana, L-O-N-A-K-A-N-A. And you have a goal of $960,000. And you Yeah, raised, I, I know it's a big one. It is. You've raised... <laughs> it's a big one. Well, you know what? I, you know, it's funny. Like, we were on the... Radio New York City a few weeks ago, and I said, "Well, if nine hundred sixty thousand people are listening, yeah, how about you all send us one dollar?" <laughs> well, I, that's a and great idea. And I noticed that here that idea. you have raised six thousand six hundred and twenty dollars so far. But the interesting thing is that's one hundred and eighty-five people. So I see that the the, uh, the denomination of the the contributions are five dollars, ten dollars, five dollars. Yeah, sure. So I, I mean, think that's you know, what you want to encourage. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we want everybody because this cancer affects everybody now. I mean, unfortunately. There's really no one I know that it hasn't affected them. Yep. You know, and we just wanted to create a place um, for them to come and uh, to make some nice memories. And, you know, it's a beautiful area. And all our guests not only come from here in the Pennsylvania, Philadelphia area. We have guests come from New York City, New Jersey, uh, Connecticut, Maryland. Um, we just uh, were down in Memphis. We set up our program at St. Jude's Hospital down there. And... We're going to organize a program once we're open um, to have uh, people sponsor families to get them up here, and they can come for a week at a time. That's nice. Um, so, it's a, yeah, it's going to be lovely. The place is going to be uh, it's going to be beautiful, and of course, it's always because of all the <laughs> the dedicated people and uh, the team of professional caregivers and our and our volunteers. We are we are so truly blessed with that, and. Uh, and our energy. <laughs> yeah. And I hope that you... And a husband who was in the construction business for 30 uh-huh. years. There's, <laughs> a, there's a real benefit right there. It's a huge benefit. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we're going to... So, you know, I mean... Yeah, I'm sorry. We're going to make sure that we keep in touch with you and find out how you're doing. And even if we do nothing else but just uh, do periodic updates and let you let let the people know that you know we've of the 960, we got this. So we're going to keep going. That's a good thing. I'm at the um, tonight. I'm uh, throwing the first pitch out. um, All right. Honoring Lona Kana at the PNC Field in, in Scranton. Yes. And believe it or not, this old lady is throwing out the first pitch. So <laughs> it should be 
I practiced with my son. I was I just going to ask, have you practiced to at least get it to yes. the to the, uh, yes, the catcher? I did. Yes. So I hopefully right. won't hit the umpire in the head. Oh. And <laughs> That's and, a little uh, scary. But uh, it's a little scary. Now they're anyway. doing this. They're doing this so that you can highlight Lona Connaught, and and that will yes. they give you? Will there be anything up on the um, yep. whatever they call There'll those things? The, 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 the Supertron the or that, whatever. Yeah. Yes. That will be there. We'll be there. We have a team of people we'll be handing out our cards at our website where people can want to contact or give us or help us. You know, and and also it's any group, any group, little group, women golf club, you know, teams, whoever wants to help us. Businesses can do small fundraisers in their local business. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is this is all, our organization for the last seventeen years has been built um, by everyone at all levels. Uh, anyone who's been affected. And uh, we honor anything. So, you know, if they have any questions, you can contact me through all our sites at lonacana.org. It tells about our hospital program, our retreat, you know, thing and ways to help us. So, yeah. It's okay. Great. Marianne, <laughs> thanks so much for being a part of this today. Really um, appreciate it. And everybody should know. Even if it's a dollar, go contribute. GoFundMe.com, Lona Kana. That's right. Thanks again uh, for being with us, and uh, we'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show. Here's Laurie and Lynn. Well, we're back. Uh, hi, everybody. My name is Lynn Evans. I'm the president and CEO of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm in Clark Summit. I'm also the author of a book called Power of the Purse, Fear-Free Finances for Baby Boomer Women, available on Amazon.com. And as you know, uh, my co-host, uh, Laurie Cadden, is not here today. She's taking a well-needed vacation. So it'll just be me and our guest expert, Dr. Barbara Plucknett of Advanced Gynecology Associates in Scranton. Welcome, Dr. P. How are you? Oh, I'm great, thanks. Happy Good. almost Easter. Yay! <laughs> yes! So thankfully the weather has given us a little break and we're headed in the right direction. And hopefully it'll really be spring. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no teases. Yeah. No, no more. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, I thought we might visit, uh, revisit, um, actually, growth hormone. We had done um, a little chat on it a couple months ago, um, more in the fall. We talked about um, growth hormone deficiency and different things that you might see. But it has been such a uh, topic in the press that I thought we should come back. I know you had some questions about it, um, so yeah. I thought we could revisit and see what, um, you know, if we could answer some more of those things. Um, so growth hormone um, is a hormone made in our... Um, our brain. Um, there are things that stimulate our pituitary, a little center in our brain, uh, to release growth hormone. And, it, and, and initially, when we're children, it does exactly what it's supposed to do. It's, it's supposed to make us grow. And so, um, when people talk about growth hormone deficiency, they're usually talking about children who are short in stature um, or have different um, genetic diseases and things of that sort. There's not many people that have, as adults, have growth hormone deficiency. There's a, a reason for it. There's either a def uh, there's an injury or there's disease in that part of the brain that makes growth hormone, um, or you've had surgery or radiation or trauma of that sort, or it's persisted since childhood. Um, but 
growth hormone naturally declines with age. So we see our peaks at about uh, in the 20s, and, that, and it, then it will slowly decline after that time. Um, and so growth hormone has many benefits to us. Um, and so we start to see as the level declines, we start to notice these things. Um, so what we'll notice is that we uh, may no longer have um, good muscle strength. We may not be able to lose weight. Uh, we may find that our bones are, are showing signs of osteopenia or osteoporosis, so bone thinning or bone loss. Um, we may notice that our cholesterol levels aren't where they need to be, that we have um, some heart disease. Um, men might notice that they have erectile dysfunction. Um, we may mostly what we notice is our sleep is lousy. Uh, we don't get good quality sleep anymore, um, and our brain isn't as strong. We don't have the recall, and we we can't um, have we don't have good mood to go with it. So, you know, a lot of those things are seen by a lot of people. I mean, I can't tell you how many people come in every day with uh, a lot of those different symptoms, and it's hard to pinpoint pinpoint what one problem they may have. Um, but growth hormone decline as opposed to deficiency, um, may be a role, have, may have a role in all of these things. And so importantly, you can't just guess that you have a growth hormone decline or deficiency. There actually is testing that can be done. Um, there's markers in, that we use that will relay to physicians and practitioners um, the, the levels in your bloodstream. And, and the test that we use for that is an um, IGF-1 which is an insulin-like growth factor. And this um, is what happens after the um, growth hormone goes to the liver and it converts into growth factors. So this insulin-like growth factor is what we measure in the blood. Um, we also measure the binding protein to make sure that they're well balanced. So people come in with levels of their IGF-1 um, and their sense, their Set, uh, set standards in the blood. There's ranges that we look at. And if the level is lower in the range, we can guess that they have a decline and in some cases a deficiency of that hormone. And so then it really is, you know, well, what do we do about that? How do we get that level to come back up? Because people, all people want to have increased muscle strength. We want to have better healing. We want to have better recovery from our, our workouts. We certainly want weight loss. We don't want, um, you know, we don't want to turn into fat. We want to keep muscle. And that the word that we use for that is called sarcopenia, when we build fat instead of muscle. And nobody wants that. So we also, no. you know, want to make sure that we don't have, um, there was a term we use, it's called visceral fat, which is not something that you can visualize, but it's fat around the organs inside our abdomen, um, the visceral, uh, their visceral organs, um, so that that becomes a very unhealthy situation when we have fat surrounding our organs, and we can't really see that. Um, so a lot of men um, struggle with erectile dysfunction. One of the things that we that we concern ourselves with is that they do they have enough testosterone and human growth hormone is de definitely related to testosterone levels. Um, and I think, you know, the biggest thing is, is sleep. Um, you know, most people have sleep abnormalities, whether it be hormonal in nature. You know, of course, menopause, perimenopause has a lot of sleep abnormalities, but growth hormone deficiency does as well. So, you know, I know um, one of the questions that um, you had posed was, you know, you've seen advertisements for um, growth hormone, and, and what does that mean? And I think that, you know, everybody's on the growth hormone bandwagon these days. You know, it's the new, it's the new hit thing of weight loss and, and uh, anti-aging, uh, you know, that's on that market. Yeah. And so you'll see it advertised in anti-aging um, magazines. And, and I 
you know, unfortunately, they do tend to market to women because we, we don't want to age we, or we want to age gracefully. And so they're trying to get our attention by advertising in those magazines. So what I would suggest is that, you know, there is no such thing as knowing you have growth hormone deficiency without an appropriate evaluation, which means blood work done by somebody who can read those levels with you and assess your symptoms to see if that's an appropriate thing. The okay. other thing is, if we're talking about growth hormone itself, it doesn't come in a simple pill. There's no easy solution to the growth hormone deficiency saga. Growth hormone is usually an injection, and it's usually a daily injection. Um, most of the time it's into the sub-Q or the fatty tissue, um, but it is a daily injection that then needs to be monitored with follow-up blood work. And there's many, many different forms of human growth hormone like substances they're not actually human growth hormone but what they do is they stimulate their brain it goes to the brain it stimulates that growth hormone releasing center in your brain to release more growth hormone so it tells your body to make more growth hormone so this is something that you have to do if you start it you're doing it on the basis of a daily injection. Is this something that people can do themselves like a lot of diabetics do? Correct. Or is it something that you have to go to a practitioner every day to get this no. done? No, it okay. is very much like diabetic medication, and it comes with needles much like diabetic size. So that's called an insulin needle because it's very, very small. Um, mm -hmm. And it's the same idea. You just pinch an inch around your belly and you inject it right into that area. So most people, especially motivated people, um, tolerate this quite well. Um, and, and they do see results with this. Now, of course, you cannot use growth hormone in anybody that has any kind of a tumor or a malignancy. Um, it does need to be watched in people that are diabetic as it will alter their um, blood sugars and things of that sort. Um, also, you want to make sure that you're monitoring. You can see um, side effects that will give you swelling, uh, fluid retention and swelling. So sometimes people will notice things like carpal tunnel um, and things of that sort. So there, there are side effects. There's things to be monitored. Um, but I have seen good responses to these growth hormone-like substances. Now, the word that we use for that is a tropin, T-R-O-P-I-N. So a lot of the growth hormone substances incorporate tropin into their name because it goes to the brain and stimulates those centers. So you might see products advertised that sound like a something tropin. Um, and a lot of the products that I use um, for this have tropin at the end of it as well. Um, now, I do have access to a liquid form. So you get away from the injection, but it's a daily liquid. And it's the, as far as I know, it's the only liquid on the market that has been well studied for people that have a growth hormone deficiency. But isn't, it, isn't there really a fine line between the deficiency and the, the natural aging process? Are people who really want their skin to look great or whatever the issue is here, any one of these you mentioned, would they be taking this for cosmetic purposes and is okay rather than just for medicinal purposes? So, yes, there's a very distinct difference between people that have a true growth hormone deficiency and they're seeing, you know, short stature or things of that sort, and people that just want to improve their quality of life, whether that be by a good night's sleep, um, having a better workout to stay healthier. Um, you know, there's many reasons. Some people noted that... Um, you know, just mood. So mm -hmm. mood, memory loss, lack of concentration. You know, we're talking about um, people that are working well into their 70s. Yeah. So keeping a keen mind 
trying to keep up with your younger peers is important to people. So if you're the 65-year-old hoping to keep your job another five years and you've got 30-year-olds coming in and you know we can diagnose that your growth hormone is, is in the lower end of the range, there's value for those people getting that back up there, um, feeling that they can get back their memory, their concentration, they maintain their weight, they stay healthier, they're sleeping better, they, they've got their edge back. And so, mm-hmm. you know, anti-aging means many things to many people. It's not just about looking good, but it's about feeling good and performing at the level you expect to perform for however many years you think that that's appropriate. Yeah. Well, it sounds like um, the, uh, <laughs> the fountain of youth. So at- why is it that more people aren't doing this? Well, because there is, there are risks. There's always risks. I mean, we are playing with, um, you know, positives and negatives on hormone balances, and they have to be measured very, um, you know, closely and followed closely. Um, mm-hmm. So, it, and it's not, it's not cheap by any means. Uh, you know, I usually yeah. quote, it's about $300 a month for replacement. Whoa. Exactly. Okay. Um, you know, the couple of products that I, um, you know, have, um, you know, access to and have used um, run patients about $300 a month readily. Uh, and so really, it depends on the motivation of the patient, the client, as to whether it's really worth it for them. Um, now, I don't know. I haven't priced things that are advertised online. Um, I tend not to use those types of products. I go through reputable pharmacies to get the products. But I don't know, you know, if they'll be cheaper um, or, or what might, you know, what you might see with that, but they're, they're really not, it's not a cheap thing to do. Well, then if, if you do have, if you do take the, the test, the IGF-1, mm-hmm. and you do discover that there is a deficiency as an adult, which, as you said, is rare, but if that is the case, then is that something that's covered by insurance? So if you had a true human growth hormone deficiency and documented short stature or you had pituitary or brain um, damage, trauma, surgery, radiation, things of that sort, those cases should be covered by insurance. But the cases where there's just been a natural decline and now your level's lower in the range and you're simply wishing to supplement these things, that is not going to be covered. It it falls under the range of a supplement. Now, I will step back and, and and take back my words on the liquid product. The liquid product is considered a medical food. Oh. So that product, if your policy covered medical foods, might be covered. Hmm. But the rest of the products are not considered that. Well, I just I think that's a fascinating, <laughs> um, just a whole path to go down for a lot of people because when I think of all these things you're talking about that are symptoms um, of natural aging, and if there is something out there, even if it costs three hundred dollars a month, there will be people who will say, "Where do I sign?" Correct, and I okay. do think that the wave is now. You know, maybe I'm going to do a preventive realm instead of a treatment realm and you know with people's insurance rates going up as they have been um, Mm -hmm. some people are opting to take much lower policies and just pay out of pocket for the care that they need to have true yeah that is a a trend in medicine is to do it it that way it is so i'm well i'm just thinking about you know what i can just imagine that this is something that as you said you can get it online so do you really need um, a prescription to get involved in this? 
I say yes. I absolutely. You need to be evaluated by someone who understands the labs, understands the person that they're talking to, the symptom complex that you're trying to correct and is willing to follow the patient for those symptoms to make sure that you're not causing harm. Um, you know, this, this medication doesn't exist in a vacuum. It does have side effects, and it can be harmful, especially in people if they had, you know, an active um, tumor that they didn't know about because they didn't see doctors um, or a hypersensitivity. Um, blood, like I said, diabetics can't use this. Anybody with a remote history of cancer shouldn't be using this. Um, okay. So, you know, you kind of have to have somebody that is willing to take your history and understand the safety um, side effects. Okay, and tell us how can people get in touch with you if they would like to do that? So uh, my office is located in Scranton across from Regional Hospital on Jefferson Avenue. Um, our office phone number is 570-344-9997, um, or we are online also at drbarbaraplucknett.com, um, and we would love to be able to, uh, you know, help you out with any of the symptoms that you're having if you believe you do have, um, you know, aging-related symptoms or growth hormone deficiency symptoms. Okay, that sounds good. Thank you for being with us today, and uh, just uh, make sure that I have to say what Laurie would say, be, be safe and be nice. Bye. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.